The most painful thing is losing yourself in the process of loving someone too much and forgetting that you are special too. Ernest Hemingway. Welcome to the Simply Retirement Podcast with your host, Eric Blake. This show offers valuable insights and advice on retirement planning, specifically tailored for women. Join us as we explore various challenges that arise during retirement planning and discuss practical ways to overcome them. With years of experience in retirement planning as a financial professional, Eric brings a wealth of knowledge to the table. He is joined by guests who will also offer unique perspectives and insights. Together, they provide practical tips and strategies to help you delegate some of the heavy lifting and make the most of your retirement. Whether you are a widow, divorced, or simply ready to take control of your financial future, this podcast is designed to help you navigate the complexities of retirement planning and make the most of this exciting phase of life. We take a step-by-step approach to help you understand what's next and guide you through the retirement planning journey. So sit back, relax, and let us help you build your retirement on your terms with another episode of the Simply Retirement Podcast with Eric Blake. Welcome to the Simply Retirement Podcast with your host, Eric Blake. I'm Wendy McConnell. So this is maybe the second Hemingway quote I've heard from you. Big fan, big fan. I I just think this quote, I think it applies to our topic today. So that's, you know, that's part of what my objective is when finding these quotes is what does it, how does it speak to the audience based on what we may be talking about? It's not always the case, but I think as you'll see in our conversation today that I think it's applicable to our, to the conversation. Which is to not lose yourself. Is that what I kind of got from it? Yeah. So when you think about caregiving, we're going to talk a lot, of, a lot about caregiving today and supporting caregivers probably more than anything. And it's the idea that you know we get tied up in our fa- taking care of family or taking care of other things and forget to take care of ourselves. And that's going to be a big topic of conversation today. All right. Sounds good. So we have a guest, Eric, who do we have today? We do. We are joined by a special guest, Jeannie Doherty. Jeannie is a money mental fitness guide for those who want to uh, make a career change this year. And she's also the founder of a virtual caregiving conference to help caregivers and their families, which I'm actually going to be fortunate enough to participate in in the very near future. So Jeannie Doherty, thank you for joining us today on the Simply Retirement Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So I'd love to hear just your origin story. How did you get into what you're doing now? I'd love to hear that, but just a little bit about you and where you, how you got to where you are today. Sure. Okay. So I started over 10 years ago as a mental health and substance abuse counselor. I still am one. I haven't given that up or anything like that. I feel like that's a calling and either you stick with it or you don't. But what I found out very quickly was that every person I saw did not matter whether they had depression, anxiety, you know, health issues, family issues, they all had money issues, every single one of them. So the money issues were like what I would say more the money mechanics, which is about budgeting. And and there was also tons about family communication, how to avoid costly divorces. What do you do in a messy will and estate plan? kind of snafu, financial exploitation. I could go on and on and on about what I saw and heard when it came to people trying to figure out how to make money, save money, invest money, and not lose their mind. And hopefully nobody robs them in the process, right? So that was was my introduction. And I honestly thought all other therapists were dealing with this. I had no idea. 
because I was like, well, didn't you do, because part of being a counselor, you have to do research. You look either at articles or you look for best practices. You know, what's the latest thing on psychology today? Any information that could support you so you can help you, you know, with the client. So I would be doing all this financial research, not because I had any interest in finances, none. <laughs> I was just like, you know, because I had a job, I was fine. You know, my bills were paid. I had I, all, all stuff was working normal for me, saving for my retirement, not a problem. But what I learned is that it's not the same, even if it does not matter the amount of money you have. You can still have so many problems when it comes to who you partner with. So it could be business or personal. So your money partnerships are big things, but how you look and handle your money will impact your life. And if you're already anxious or depressed or have that diagnosis or anything else that's going on, even past trauma, that will definitely impact your money handling skills as well as your financial decisions. And that's something that we just don't talk enough about, I think, in the therapy field. But definitely, I, I don't hear a lot of financial planners or accountants or any of that stuff. I never hear them talk about it. And I know hundreds of accountants, financial planners. I mean, I, I have a Rolodex that's, to me, in my mind, is silly. But I can refer people anywhere if they need help because I had to learn on my own how to support people. Uh, I think that's one of the challenges, right? What I think that's one of the challenges that financial advisors face is it, it sometimes is difficult to get into those feeling questions, but I think if you don't, you're really overlooking a big aspect of the planning process. You know, a lot of our clients are, you know, women who are going to be retiring very soon. And when you get to that point, unfortunately, you kind of get to the point where your financial situation is what it is. And so I sometimes have to share, here's what your resources are going to be. Here's how much you're going to be able to live on. And sometimes that can be a challenge and from a mental aspect. And then you bring in the emotional aspects of that as well. You know, sometimes a coach, there's a definitely value in a coach helping understand how am I going to spend my money? What is, what is most important to me? Exactly. Exactly. And I find with a lot of my clients, they are sometimes in what I would call unequal financial relationships. So even if they're married and their husband or partner or spouse is making all of the financial decisions and the financial advisor or planners, okay, well, did you check with Mary or Sue or whoever you're with? And they're like, oh, they're fine. They're fine. They're on board. And, and then we get into this money manipulation problem that, you know, husbands right. are doing things. I had a, a case fairly recently that a husband put a bunch of stuff in a wife's name and didn't tell her. Mm. And then when they were in the process of trying to divorce, they had to end up hiring a forensic accountant because they had to figure out where the heck the money went. Because he was happy to divorce, but he wasn't going to tell her about all these other assets that she was suddenly going to be responsible for. So she was going to go into bankruptcy. Well, and unfortunately, that's a way too common of a story where the you know, husband, because they like the financial stuff, they like the investing, they like all these things. And sometimes women don't necessarily want to be involved in that, even though they really do need to take an active role. And maybe that speaks to one of the questions that you had a phrase that you shared with me in uh, in preparing for this conversation that I think is a, maybe this is a great place to bring that up. And that is winning money power. So tell me what is winning money power and how do you get it? So I love it. So what I really coach people on is to retrain their money brain because our money brains on the left and the right side of our actual brain, both sides actually, you know, compensate for it. But we learn all about money on the left, which is about data, which is about logic. It's about the numbers, but it's also about fear. It's also about control. It's also about manipulation. 
And so the winning money power is actually on the right side, which is about creativity. It's about empathy. It's about navigating, you know, where you are today and where you want to go in the future. Because a lot of people can't hold a thought. <laughs> they can't. More <laughs> than five seconds. And then you're like, and now imagine you're like, whatever, living on this great island, you know, paradise. And they're like, what? You know, they can't hold it together because they were still stuck on, but I only have this, you know, this little amount of money. So it helps with that, but it also helps you get into action when things are like, oops, I, I probably need to call my accountant. Like, I can't tell you how many people I've met, like make all these drastic financial decisions. Like, did you talk to your financial planner or advisor? Did you talk to your accountant to figure out your tax liability? And they're like, oh, am I supposed to do that? So I've even had like really dicey questions in counseling that somebody will say something and I'll be like, do you think that's legal? And they'll be like, I don't. Well, oh, <laughs> you might want to ask before you make this decision. And what it is, is like, they're going to take money out of something that, and we're going to tell the other person, because then I have to kind of not read them the right act, but say, Hey, you know, there could be some real risk here to you. If you take this money and don't tell this person or don't have enough documentation, you may have to deal with the courts later. And they're like, oh, and I've seen people do this even in their own business. They want to like do what creative accounting, which, you know, <clears throat> that that's usually an IRS call for sure. If not a letter. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that's where, you know, as, as financial advisors, I think that's in our, from our standpoint, being kind of the quarterback. So when you actually, we need to know what's important to our clients. And as they're trying to make some of these decisions, sometimes they don't feel comfortable bringing those issues up because they're, they're either afraid that the financial advisor is going to tell them no. And in many cases that that's going to be the case. I, I always tell people, a lot of our clients, you, know, you don't pay me to tell me what you want to hear. You pay me to tell you what you need to hear. So I think I, just a, a, something that would, might help me if you don't mind, there's a little bit of a curveball, but I think it ties to what you were just talking about. Are there maybe two or three questions as a financial advisor, are there two or three questions maybe you would recommend that I ask to help uncover those situations or some of those difficult conversations with our clients? Yeah. Like I would really want to know like what's, first of all, like what's bringing them in number one, which I, I, I think most financial advisors will ask or planning, like what's bringing you in now? Because usually they're on and up, meaning they have the money or they got out of a pretty sticky situation and they finally got to pull their money to the side and now they're going to go make a decision. So I'd want to know, like from an emotional standpoint, are they on an upswing? They're like, yeah, look at all this money I'm, I have and I want to go here, which is great. Or are they like, I saved $75,000 after a horrific divorce. I need to grow this to at least a million. This is what I'm here for. Please show me the best ways. So where are you starting emotionally speaking up or kind of oh, not so great? That will impact your self-esteem. And that will also impact your ability to take a risk and your ability to actually communicate what, what's going on. I have had clients who have fantastic financial planners and, and advisors, like really good people, but they won't talk to them when they're on the down. So they're quietly pulling money out. And maybe you don't even know because they can't handle their day-to-day -day expenses and they do quote unquote, make enough money to handle their expenses, but their spending habits are not matching their budget. Well, I think again, back to what financial advisors need to be doing proactively is understanding what is your process for staying in communication and in being in contact with your clients on a regular basis. So those gaps don't happen, you know, yeah. things don't slip through the cracks. Yeah. One of my favorite questions to ask is if you're, if you're having some money issues, who do you talk to? 
you know, if you're running low this month, who do you talk to? Because most people will say, well, I, you know, they've been burned pretty badly, whether it was their parents or siblings or their spouse, they don't want to talk about it. But I'm like, hey, this is when you do want to talk to somebody has some money expertise. Like you just said, Eric, you pay me not to tell you what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. But people also want to know, is there a creative workaround, which brings into that right side of that brain, that winning money power? Is there a creative way? And sometimes what it is, it's a 90 day plan. So they can go do whatever it is that they wanted to do with their money. And then they're like, oh, I thought I wasn't going to be able to do this for three years. No wonder they're like, I want to buy it. I want to buy it. You know, and it's like, well, there's going to be a risk there. Well, I know you do a lot of work with that 90 day concept. So Mm -hmm. can you tell us a little bit about that? How does it work? How do you help clients in making the transition? Maybe it's that transition from the good money brain or from the bad money brain to the good money brain. How does that work? So the reason that I really wanted to create something that's kind of more intense and focused and not like, oh, it's going to be a year working on your money is that the change happens faster in 90 days if you are committed to it, number one. But number two, every person I, I have talked to, particularly post-pandemic, but even before that, if it wasn't a money issue, the, they had a same, the same question, which is, I have this job, I make X amount of dollars, they may be making their bills, they may not, but they're still miserable. Again, it had nothing to do with the amount of money. So I created this boot camp to simply answer this very simple question. If your money was no object, meaning it wasn't an obstacle, it was no longer a problem, what the heck would you be doing? And then people tell me like, oh, I'd open a business. Okay, well, you can start taking business classes. You could do that. How to start a business. That's one way to do it. Or, you know, you could figure out maybe you've got a great idea or maybe you're going to just start a side hustle and see how you do. Or, you know, maybe you're going to get a raise and then you're going to use that money from the raise and then put that towards your investing or towards a money market account, like whatever it is that you want to do. But people don't think creatively. They just go, oh, I want to be a doctor, but I'm a lawyer. I don't know what I'm going to do. And it's like, well, what kind of doctor do you want to be? And then they'll tell you a whole story about it. And it's like, oh, so this is where my I call it my flagship. This is where I like walk in and go, yes, this is how I can help you because I this is one thing I learned about marketing and and the brain and what people hear every time i said money coach they thought i was talking about stock markets and crypto and how to invest and i was like what or i was the dave ramsey uh girl who was like hey you got a debt snowball you got to bring it down idiot this is how you do it that's dave ramsey in a nutshell and i was like uh i don't do either of that i actually am an emotional behavior i actually went to money coaching school and i'm an emotional behavioral coach and and i talk to you more about what the heck's going on with your feelings and your thoughts and your patterns so that you can go do the things that you want to do with your money i also work with you when you're married or with a spouse so that you can communicate more effectively so it's not power plays or silence or you know quietly taking the money and running, you know, so you have better communication because most of us grew up with parents who did not talk about their money. They certainly never talked about a money mistake. They didn't tell you until it was last second that they were going to, you're going to lose the house or dad was out of work or mom is really sick right now, or we just don't have the money. And you don't, sometimes you have no idea as a kid. Cause you're like, well, we still got like all the snacks in the house. And like, we still got the power turned on. But a lot of people come from homes that power during the winter months was like maybe an every other month thing. They just didn't always have the money. So they had to go live with other family members or they froze. I mean, like all kinds of stuff that people have endured and were like, what happened? And it's like, well, there's a lot of things that could have happened. So having open and transparent conversations about money and thoughts and feelings is something we have to learn. 
what I've learned is that I can say, yeah, I can, I can do this. But if you really want that, the financial planning, which is not everyone wants to pay for, that's a whole different conversation. Uh, I guess you're like, that's what you have a financial planner for. So you can ask these questions next year. We're thinking about buying a boat. What's the money look like? They can tell if the money's steady here. Yes, you can. If the money drops, no. And then, you know, right. And then you can move on to the next thing in your life. Right. Maybe it's going to be two years from now, but that's what I mean. So then I can go, oh, let me refer you to somebody who will match your money style as well as your personality, meaning you're more likely to understand them and hear them and be like, oh, you're actually here on my team instead of this adversarial relationship that people are like, well, he's very old. My dad recommended him and my dad told me you have to do it this way, but I don't want to talk to him. Well, how's that going to help you? Well, so let's talk about that. When you think about what you do as a money expert and say what I do as a financial planner, what is the, you know, do we, would you work together with the financial planner? Would they come to you first and let's get kind of get our house in order and then let's connect you with a financial planner, financial advisor. What's priority wise, what would you, what's your typical time frame, or how does that work? Well, it can be either in either direction. My experience is that people want to feel money confident and then they're going to want to talk to a financial planner. So then they can have a really in-depth technical conversation without hedging the, their bets by, by going, I'll just tell them I'm going to do this, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Again, who does this help? Not you. And then, you know, and your financial planner can only do so much. So uh, I've had it that people are in financial planning doing okay, but it is the day-to-day problems of the money or the monthly expenses that eventually they're like, have you thought about some money coaching? And they're like, oh yeah, no, I don't need that. And you can still buy a program. You can buy money coaching courses online, all that stuff. And some people do fine with that because that's what they prefer. They want, you know, more of that self-paced kind of process. But other times money is very relational and that's something we forget, which is when we can join with somebody else, we can usually fix our money problems and create more money. So, and that's the difference in my style versus say (laughs) so many other money coaches out there, which is we're going to make it big. And it's like, but you're not telling them the full story. Yeah. You made a million dollars, but you're 1.5 million in debt, sir. Well, let's do that. Let's that. make a let's make a transition. I want to make sure we get to the event you have coming up and tell us, tell the audience what it's all about, who's it for, how can they get the most out of it? Yes, thank you. So I have created something I've wanted to do since both my parents passed away of Alzheimer's. I wanted to connect and sort of thread the needle of these three things that I see that are often disconnected and in competition, which is the money which is the financial piece, obviously the health, like how are you doing as a caregiver, as well as your family member is doing. And then lastly, you know, the actual caregiving, because caregiving is a job and people think they're just gonna, it's like, you just come in on a Sunday, clean the house, feed them some food and walk out the door. It's like, no, that's like a maid. You pay that person. Right. And so I wanted to, you know, really hone in on this virtual uh, caregiver conference because most caregivers are either at work or at home trying to take care of themselves or their family member. They're not out necessarily having this wild, crazy life because we're having such shifts in our culture. We have an aging population. So that means more of our parents, perhaps spouses, are going to need more care. And then we have to take a look at what's available. One of the biggest things that I hear from a financial disconnect is that people save, save like crazy for retirement, right? That's good. 
And then they don't think about an actual financial care plan. How does it work when you need to have, oh, I don't know, let's say it's more than just your financial power of attorney. You need to have your medical power of attorney. Then you need to get all these documents. And then you need to understand that as a caregiver, you might be spending on average over $7,400 out of pocket each year taking care of your loved one. Where is that money coming from? This is why you want a financial planner, somebody like you, Eric, to help people walk through of like, my mom's really sick right now. She's getting out of the hospital. I think she's going to come home. I've taken a couple of weeks off of work. Great. Are you then going to have to do it full time because your mom doesn't have the money? You're going to have to move them into your house. Are you going to pay for the caregiver? What is this going to entail? And that's what I mean by that whole health piece. All the focus goes on to the aging loved one, which is a good thing, but then we don't take care of ourselves. And I have met more caregivers that have had medical crises of their own that have to be addressed immediately because they can no longer take care of this person. One of the worst cases I've ever seen is that this woman, she was married to her husband, she was younger than him, but she was taking full care of him and he had like full-blown Alzheimer's. They lived in a trailer, right? This doesn't, and they were happy. They were okay with this because all the neighbors knew him. It was easy cleaning for her. She died and the family lived in states away. The neighbors were calling because the police were there. They're like, you have to come and take care of your dad right now. How quickly can you get on a plane? They had to start from ground zero. Wow. Like this is, and oh, by the way, father was a diabetic. So the neighbor was like, I know how to give my horse a shot. I think I can give your dad a diabetic injection because there was no medical care anywhere. Like he didn't quite qualify going to an emergency room for a diabetic shot, right? You can't pay for that. That's not going to happen. No urgent care was going to do it because they're going to be like, why doesn't this person have more care? So the family like was like, oh my God. And thankfully a neighbor was able to sit with them for about six hours. And then, you know, they just closed the door and hopefully he'd go to sleep. And then thank God the family showed up late, like noon the next day. And this man should not have been left alone, but what else could they do? Neighbors right. were like, I got to go to bed or I got to go to work. And you know, I'm sorry, but that's like worst case scenario. And I've seen that happen more than once versus if you had more, you know, boots on the ground, a financial care plan would have looked a little differently. So I'm not kidding. Family members were flying in. It was crazy. Like one o'clock in the morning, I got the call. Hey, your mom died. And sorry about that, but you need to take care of dad. What's the plan? And they were like, what? Horrifying. Wow. Horrifying. How can we avoid this as a society? Wow. So I definitely, we're going to include the link in the show notes, but when is it, what are the dates on the, of the event or maybe a few of the topics that you think are going to be most valuable to the, uh, to the audience? Oh yes. Oh, there's going to be so much. Okay. So much good stuff. So it's November 8th and 9th. November 8th is going to be all the live one-on-one -on -one conversations that people are going to be able to, you know, get the information for free. If you have questions, which everyone does, then on November 9th, it's going to be from 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can adjust accordingly wherever your time zone is. So if you got questions on Social Security and taxes, if you got questions on should I remodel my house or should I have my mom sell her home, we're going to have realtors as well as home remodeling folks. We've also got people who actually run a lot of what I call this gap interference, healthcare or caregiving, I should say, who can say, hey, here's how you develop this financial care plan. This is how you do this. I have actual insurance there as well as I'm so excited about this. I'm going to have people who are going to talk to you more about the aging brain. So it's not just like, oh, you know, 
it kind of goes because the thing that I learned that even though both of my parents have passed away from Alzheimer's, their diseases manifested differently and affected different parts of the brain. And that affected their level of care and their care management, as well as what we had to do to take care of ourselves. Wow, that's so exciting. I'm just so excited to get to participate. I'll be talking about some social security, which I, I'm so fascinated with. It's such social security is to me is one of the most undervalued and underrated aspects of retirement planning, especially when we're talking about women who have spent a good portion of their life as a caregiver, when we're talking about spousal benefits or ex-spousal benefits, all those different variables. So this has been a great conversation, Jeannie. I really appreciate the insight. Uh, look forward to participating in the event. How can people get in touch with you, learn more about you? And again, uh, if you want to throw that, that link out there for the website for registering for the event as well. Oh, yeah. So they can contact me directly at geniedoherty.com. Uh, and, you know, I'm always available. I'm definitely on all the social, it seems like uh, so <laughs> people need to like follow me on LinkedIn or if they need to get a hold of me on Facebook or Instagram, it's never a problem. She has great content, by the way. I do follow her, I think, on all three of those. So Yeah, yeah, you do. Thank you. You have fantastic content, too. I mean, I was like, oh, look, he's here. He's there. He's, he's doing. <laughs> we do our best. We do our best. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much again. Uh For those who would like to find out more about our firm at Blake Wealth Management, you can visit our website, blakewealthmanagement.com. There you can learn more about our team, access a lot of our free resources, including our newsletter, our YouTube page, our blog. And if you are a woman who is less than five years from retirement and have questions about how to optimize Social Security, minimize your lifetime tax liability, invest smarter, just click that Start Here button on the website to learn more about our process for helping you make an educated and informed decision about whether we are the right firm to help you navigate your retirement journey. Jeannie, it was a pleasure to have you on today. I love your energy. So much fun. Thank you. And Eric, thank you, of course. And thank you for listening today. Please like, follow, and share this podcast with your friends. Until next time, I'm Wendy McConnell. That's it for today's episode of the Simply Retirement Podcast. We hope you found our insights and advice helpful in planning for a fulfilling retirement. Don't forget to take action on what you've learned today. Visit our website at blakewealthmanagement.com to learn more about our firm and review our Simply Retirement Roadmap process to get you on the right path to the retirement you deserve. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Thank you for joining us on this journey, and we look forward to helping you achieve your retirement goals. Remember, retirement is not the end of the road. It is the start of a new journey. So embrace it and make the most of it. Until next time, take care. Content here is for illustrative purposes and general information only. It is not legal, tax, or individualized financial advice, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any specific security or engage in any specific trading strategy. Results will vary. Past performance is no indication of future results or success. Market conditions change continuously. This commentary reflects the personal opinions, viewpoints, and analyses of Blake Wealth Management. It does not necessarily represent those of RFG Advisory, private client services, their clients, or their employees. This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by Blake Wealth Management or RFG Advisory or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. 
Securities offered by registered representatives of private client services. Member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered by investment advisory representatives of RFG Advisory, a registered investment advisor. Private client services, Blake Wealth Management, and RFG Advisory are unaffiliated entities. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where RFG Advisory and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advisory services may be rendered by RFG Advisory unless a client agreement is in place.